Hello and welcome to the uh, to the first episode of the America of America, a podcast about Oklahoma history and culture. I am your host, Will Milam, and I am currently recording from the podcast recording studio at the Underwood Law Library on the campus of Southern Methodist University in uh, University Park, Texas. Perhaps a peculiar place to be recording uh, a podcast episode about the history and culture of the state of Oklahoma, but uh, for reasons that will become apparent, I think that this is the perfectly appropriate place to be. So without further ado, let's get started with this introductory episode. Today, as a preliminary matter, I want to address and answer a couple questions that I hope will help you, the listener, and help me, the host, uh, determine where we're going with this podcast. First of all, what is this podcast? Uh, aside from, you know, just being a podcast about Oklahoma history and culture, what does that, what does that mean exactly? The first question, what is Oklahoma? What does that mean exactly at a literal level and at a metaphysical level? What do people think of when they say the word Oklahoma? What do people think of when they say the word Oklahoman? The second question is, what does it mean to be Oklahoman? Is there such thing as Oklahoman culture? Is there anything really distinct about Oklahoman citizens or the people that were born in Oklahoma or the people that, you know, have spent time here? Is there, is there any kind of imparting quality that can, be, uh, that can be ascertained by saying, I am from Oklahoma or I am Oklahoman? And that naturally leads us to a second question, which is, okay, it's perfectly fine to say that there is such thing as a, as a place called Oklahoma, or there can even be such thing as Oklahoman culture, but why does there need to be a podcast about it? Why, why, why does this particular podcast need to exist? And I think that there, there are three things that have happened to me in my life that have gone into, uh, that have gone into making me resolve that I should make some sort of podcast about the history and culture of Oklahoma. The first is a, a very early memory I have um, growing up in Oklahoma City and spending a lot of time in my father's law office, which was located on Francis Avenue right by Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. And I remember in his office on a bulletin board, he had a photograph of a destroyed building, which I obviously walked by a lot when I was a kid. And it was, it was very front and center. And I remember, I remember not knowing what it was until I was about 12 years old. And I finally put the dots together that that was an aerial photograph of the aftermath of the Murrah building bombing from April 1995. And like all kids that grew up in Oklahoma, specifically kids that grew up in Oklahoma City, I don't have a, a clear memory of when the first time I heard the name Timothy McVeigh or Terry Nichols or the Murrah building or the bombing. I, I don't remember the first time I remembered what it was. It took me uh, a long time to to understand fully what had happened since I hadn't been born when the murder building happened. But when I think back on that event now, I, uh, I always think back to that photograph in my dad's office. And I also think back to um, footage of my mother. Uh, there's archival footage of my mother. who was a, who was a nurse at the time in downtown Oklahoma city 
uh, in the background um, in the hospital when they were taking patients, um, obviously from that bombing in. And my mother was noticeably pregnant at the time. So I guess I can say that, that in a way I, I was there. Second uh, defining event that now that I look back that made me decide that this podcast was necessary came when I was a freshman in high school taking a speech class and was assigned to do uh, narrative speech. And I, I don't remember how, but I remember coming across an article in Wikipedia called the, uh, the Tulsa Race Riot of 1921, now primarily referred to as the Tulsa Race Massacre for, for appropriate and obvious reasons. And I, I remember being a 15-year-old kid who had lived in Oklahoma City all my life and who was pretty interested in history, really. Um, you know, I, I read a lot and I watched a lot of documentaries. And I remember coming across this, uh, it was purely just a Wikipedia article, and it, it turned into a, uh, into a deep rabbit hole dive of, you know, something that looked almost too, too horrible and gruesome to be true. And, you know, doing further research and learning that it was even worse than, uh, than it even looked on the surface and just being kind of aghast at, uh, at being able to go my entire life, um, at that point without ever knowing that that event had happened or to the extent of, of destruction that, that, that it had wrought and even more so. And I think that this is a very common experience amongst, uh, Oklahoma natives is that. When you talk to older people um, and you, you kind of ask, you know, why, why did you never tell us about this or why, why was this never really talked about? And their response, which is a sincere and honest response, is no one ever talked to us about it. Um, members of my family who are, who are way older than me, uh, I, I had to tell them about that event. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, by, it wasn't by their uh, deliberate ignorance. It was just that no one ever told them about it. And it was... It, was a very clear um, indication that a lot of our state's history had just not been taught, that state history wasn't, wasn't taught or at the very least wasn't taught well or it wasn't taught comprehensively. So that obviously stayed with me for, uh, for those next couple of years. And the last event um, that I think goes into uh, causing my resolve to record this podcast came when uh, I graduated from college. I, I attended, I attended the uh, the local school, the University of Oklahoma, and after I graduated there, I made the uh, the pilgrimage to the great city of Dallas, Texas, um, where I've been here for the last couple of years, attending law school at SMU. And of course, uh, for all intents and purposes, the cultures between Oklahoma City and Dallas are fairly similar. Um, I think as similar as two cities in separate states can really be. But this event uh, filled me, made me realize how much of a homebody I was. I had lived my entire life up to that point, you know, in one place. I'd moved residences, but those were, you know, uh, 30, 30 minutes from each other max. And it was just moving from my parents' house to a dorm basically. And, uh, I knew I was a homebody and I, I didn't realize how much of one I was until, you know, I moved to Texas and it made me really start thinking about how being from Oklahoma defined me or being specifically being 
from Oklahoma, being born there and living my entire life there and being shaped by the fact that that was the place I was from. Uh, when I was younger, I, I tried to uh, paint a more cosmopolitan version of myself. You know, if I, if I ever left the state or if I ever went anywhere, and I remember going to a conference in Chicago when I was in college and doing my best to mask uh, my accent. And I got away with it for about an hour until I casually said, y'all, un- unironically and sincerely. And remember, I remember the, the reaction of the, uh, of the people um, that I was with was uh, immediately picked up that I was either from Oklahoma or Texas. But it was really when I when I moved to Dallas that I, I even though Dallas and Oklahoma City, like I said, are very similar, I, I really started to see how how they were different and how being from Oklahoma had a had a distinction, or that the way that my state was and the culture that we had was very distinct. And luckily, this was about at the time that uh, there came to be a slew of books written about. Oklahoma City or generally Oklahoma history. I, I'm thinking of the craze about from about 2015 to maybe 2019 uh, with books like Boomtown by Sam Anderson, uh, books, um, the, I think uh, Mayor McCornett wrote The great Amer- the Next Great American City. Uh, recently, Russell Cobb came out with The Great Oklahoma Swindle, which is a very interesting uh, look at uh, cultural and religious history. And um, about a year ago, uh, Tulsa 1921 came out um, by Randy Creeble, which is an excellent, excellent history of the Tulsa Race Massacre. And what these works did was, I think, did a good job of cataloging that there is a distinct Oklahoma culture. And sometimes it can be defined positively, and sometimes it's really defined negatively. Uh, I think Russell Cobb does a good job describing Oklahoma as the weirdest state in America, just in kind of a way that Sam Anderson does, as his perspective being a, you know, a New York Times Magazine writer uh, flying down to Oklahoma City in 2012 to watch an upstart basketball team, in in realizing the distinctiveness of the state and the distinctiveness of its people. So obviously I'm, I'm thrilled that um, attention is, is being paid to, to our culture and our, our history, uh, the good and the bad, obviously um, Russell Cobb comes at us from a, I, I think a rightfully uh, critical view, but I think uh, I, I, I'm not uh, jumping on a bandwagon, but I think that there is, it is demonstrated that, there is a market um, for for this information for for talking about these topics. I think I think that they've done a good job to to say that there is real history in this place. There are real stories in this place. And what I would like to do is I would like to expand into chrono- chronicle the history and the stories that that are worth telling on a more micro level. Um, eventually I, I want to talk about all these books, whether it's, uh, whether it's the books I just mentioned or books like funny money by Mark Singer, which I think is an excellent little book that chronicles, um, the end of the oil boom of the early 1980s, but especially on a more micro level, I think that there's, there's lots of stories that should be told. Um, there are lots of personal experiences and great stories that, you know, don't, don't make it into history books, even though they 
I think it's those uh, individual experiences that make up that that greater grand narrative of history, or if you're if you don't believe in grand narratives, that that great arc of history. And I think you know, just growing up, growing up in in Oklahoma, I, I've come across a lot of those stories, and I think that uh, what I can do by chronicling those stories and that history and that culture is to do justice and to write a love letter to my state. Um, I, I will do my best, I think, when examining um, our history to be as critical as I, as, I, as I can and I should be, but this is in an attempt as, as a homesickness project, but really to, to write a love letter to the place that I'm from, to write a love letter about into the place that shaped me, that the land that I grew up on, the people that I knew and loved, the, uh, the cultural institutions that I personally have inherited. And that brings us to the next question, which is, where is this podcast going? What what are going to be the contents of this podcast? I, I've I've given out some uh, some books I've read and I think are good, but obviously this isn't uh, this isn't a book review podcast. So what what are we going to be talking about? Well, history and culture, um, anywhere and everywhere. Uh, I I don't want to pigeonhole myself. I don't want to um, be stuck telling a chronological story. I I want to go where the interest is. Um, historically, I I think that. Uh, I want to talk about Indian removal um, as a member of the Cherokee Nation, uh, you know, who can date where I can date my roots back to my ancestors in Georgia who ended up in Oklahoma in the 1800s. There, there are stories there. Things like the land run, obviously, of 1889, one of the most famous events in Oklahoma history um, with the, the original narratives and the more, uh, the more revisionist narratives. Things like the the Tulsa oil boom of the early 20th century. That uh, within that is the Tulsa race massacre, and the economic and social consequences of that. Things like the Dust Bowl, also in the early 20th century, which is where we get the term "oki," uh, the derogatory term for the Oklahomans that fled that fled this state west to California. And obviously, um, individual figures, um, Will Rogers, who I have a very important uh, personal connection to, uh, folks like J.B. Milam and the reorganization of the Cherokee Nation, uh, folks like Reba McIntyre, the, the people that have made Oklahoma history. And also smaller stories, stories that obviously everything I just talked about is has been documented and, you know, is largely going to just be, you know, the results of my research, but uh, stories like the uh, the... The Red River Bridge War, which you know obviously is is uh, important to me because uh, being in Texas right now, I, I drive over that bridge every time I come to and fro home. Uh, the story of Blessed Stanley Rother in his ministry uh, in Central America and his death and being uh, one of, if not, I'm, I, he might be the first uh, uh, native-born Oklahoman to be fied by the Catholic Church, which is. Uh, uh, really, I, I think an, uh, an incredible story, and I remember growing up at the uh, at the cathedral and seeing his uh, his plaque on the side, but never really knowing the details of that story until recently. And there's also matters of Oklahoma culture that I, I think um, we we share between us. I think are, it's important to talk about their history and it's important to talk about their implications and what they mean to us. Uh, football obviously is massive. Professional basketball is massive. Uh, Oklahoma music, either the country music or the the protest songs of Woody Guthrie, 
the politics of Oklahoma. The uh, as Russell Cobb, I think, does a good job of documenting the the rise of socialism in the in the early 20th century, leading to now Oklahoma being one of the most surefire Republican states in the country. Uh, talk about Oklahoma religion, um, whether it's the whether it's the Protestantism. Uh, whether it's the the conversion of the Cherokees to Methodism, or whether it's uh, like I just said, the the story of uh, Blessed Stanley Rother and the Catholic Church. All of these things have their place, and it's impossible to really understand the history without understanding these these cultural these these cultural aspects, these these cultural facts. And with that being said, I would like now to establish what are the goals of this podcast. Where do I see this podcast going? The simplest and most important goal to me, uh, and if, if I achieve this and nothing else, this will absolutely be a success, is to reach people who care about the subject, to join and facilitate a conversation about um, our state or uh, to start a conversation with people that have interest about the state of Oklahoma who might not be from Oklahoma, who might, not, who might have moved out or might, you know, have never have gone, have never stepped foot in the state or ever heard about it. Um, if, I, if I can reach you know, uh, just a couple of people who, who have interest in who this forum can be useful for, I, I would consider that a great success. I have no sponsors. I have no Patreon. I, I, I have no plans to make this a job. I have no plans to, to make money off of it. This is, this is purely a passion project. And what's more than that, I, I have no expertise. I, I don't have a degree in history. I don't have a degree in English. I don't have a degree in politics or political science. Uh, I, I have no formal history or, excuse me, formal education that I think would really help me here. I'm literally just one guy, uh, one law student, you know, sitting here in Dallas just recording in his free time, you know, to talk about something that he's passionate about. And because this isn't a professional podcast and uh, because this, you know, isn't a professional operation, I'm afforded other opportunities because a lot of the events, the historical events that uh, I'm going to be covering on this episode, or excuse me, on this podcast, or within living memory. I should be able to bring on, um, hopefully, people to talk about it with that, that you know remember these things. Uh, whether that be the oil crash in the '80s, or whether that be uh, the murder building bombing, I I'm excited to. Well, uh, excited is not the right word, especially considering how traumatic a lot of these events were. But I'm. I'm looking forward to being able to to talk about these things, you know, from a personal experience for a lot of people. And the final goal, of course, because this is a passion project, is to learn more about myself, to, to learn more about uh, a place and a state and a culture that has raised me that I'm very much a part of. Uh, it's, a, it's a way to um, overcome a bit of homesickness, as I said. It's a, it really is a way to, to write a love letter uh, to my nurturing mother, to, to my home, but to write a love letter to a real thing. And when I say writing a love letter to a real thing, I have to accept, uh, Oklahoma and all of its beauty and all of its, all of its terror and all of its, uh, and all of its flaws. And I hope that this project will give you and I a chance to, uh, to examine that in a whole new light, to examine it in a level of, uh, of scrutiny and a level of appreciation that is, uh, heretofore, unknown. So if that sounds interesting to you, then uh, join us next week for beginning with the state poem of Oklahoma, which is called Howdy Folks. And hopefully we can talk about its cultural implications. It's, uh, it's, we can talk about its history, its cultural implications, especially 
It's uh, it's character and who is dedicated to, who is the the great native Oklahoma son, Will Rogers. So I'm excited to start this journey. I'm excited for y'all to be along. And uh, until then, I'm Will Milam. Thanks.